Lesson number 59, Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 51 to 70. Alam tara ila alladhina utu nasiban min al-kitab? Have you not seen, have you not reflected on those people who were given a portion of the book? Again, it's amazing. Amazement is being expressed. Astonishment is being expressed. That it's shocking. Look at their behavior. That on the one hand, they have the book. And on the other hand, يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاغُوتِ They believe in superstition and in false god. A person who has been given the book, it does not befit him that he believes in superstition and false idols. It doesn't make sense. Because iman and taghut, faith and superstition, they don't go together. They're completely opposite. And it's shocking when a person has the book and then he leaves that and pursues other things. This is just like a person who has been granted something original, who has something original. And then he goes on after fake things, after cheap things, after things that have no value. It's amazing that a person has money and on the other hand, he is not benefiting from that money. Instead he is living at a shelter. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. That a person makes six-figure salary and there he is driving a car that is 20 years old, that's half-rested. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. So likewise, it doesn't befit a person who has been given the book that he believes in Jipt and Taghut. Now what is Jipt and what is Taghut? Jipt is the name of an idol or some scholars said that it means magic. But if you look at the meaning of the word jipt, it means every useless thing or matter that is void of good, that doesn't have any good in it. So by itself, it is useless, it is fake, it is unreal, it is imaginative, and it doesn't carry any benefit in it. It's just a person's assumption, a person's fear, a person's imagination. It's not real at all. And it doesn't bring any benefit to the person anyways. So this is the reason why the word jipt is understood as superstition. So for example, what does superstition include? That if a black cat has passed, has crossed the street, that means something, what's going to happen? Something bad is going to happen. Okay, this is what? Just a person's imagination. Is there any fact to this? Is there any reality to this? Nothing at all. This is a person's assumption. And if he does not cross that path, he stays back, he changes his route, is it going to benefit him? It's not going to benefit him. Is he gaining anything? No. In fact, he is losing. So for example, in certain buildings, in many buildings, they don't build or they don't call the 13th floor, 13th floor. Or they don't call the 4th floor, 4th floor. Why? Because the number 13 or number 4 or whatever is considered unlucky. I lived in an apartment building and in that building there was no 13th floor, there was no, I believe, 23rd floor or 11th. There was a couple that were missing. A couple that were missing. I was like, but it doesn't remove the 13th floor from the building, does it? It's still the 13th floor. You can call it 14th, you can call it 15th, whatever you want to call it, but it's actually... It's still 13. Because if you count, and if you're teaching a child how to count, you're going to say, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Skip 13 and go to 14. It doesn't make sense. 
it's still there isn't it so it's imaginary so when a person has such beliefs superstitious beliefs then this is what it doesn't befit a believer yeah she said that somebody passed a joke that you really think the devil can count i mean 13 is there it's there if you don't call it 13 it is still 13 so anyway allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses amazement over such people that they have the book they have knowledge they have iman i mean some kind of iman at least they believe in allah they believe in the angels in the day of judgment in good and evil and still they believe in jibt what is taghut taghut is false god whether it's in the form of an idol or in the form of a human being someone who is worshiped other than allah someone who calls to his own worship so they believe in jibt and taghut what is this referring to the jews of medina they visited the quraish of makkah why to team up with them against the muslims now the mushrikeen they believed in taghut isn't it they worship many idols many false gods and they also had many superstitious beliefs that for example if a bird flies in this direction then such and such will happen or if a bird flies in that direction then such and such will happen they had such superstitious beliefs so the jews they went to them they visited them they teamed up with them against the muslims so that they could together harm the muslims in medina and in their talks in their conversations they actually approved the ways of the mushrikeen and they praised the ways of the mushrikeen as well and they on the other hand denounced muslims they denounced islam allah says it's amazing on the one hand they have the book on the other hand they believe in jibt and taghut wa yaquluna and they say lilladhina kafaru to those people who disbelieve that haulai these meaning the disbelievers those who don't believe in allah these people are ahda are more guided from hidayah they are more guided min alladhina amanu than those people who have iman meaning than the muslims sabilan in way in other words the jews said concerning the mushrikeen that you guys are better guided you guys are on the right guidance compared to the muslims you are far better now if you think about it if you compare the belief of muslims of the mushrikeen and of the yahud which two faiths resemble more islam and judaism or shirk what is more similar islam and judaism right because the mushrikeen they did not believe in any of the messengers they did not believe in any of the books but the jews at least believed in the messengers some of them at least they believed in some books at least but the mushrikeen did not at all so what do we see over here that in belief they were closer to muslims but for the sake of political alliances for the sake of worldly gain and the hatred and bias against the muslims what happened they said something that contradicted their own faith they said something that contradicted their own faith and sometimes this happens that when we want to just please someone satisfy them make them happy then we say some things which are clearly against islam sometimes people want to defend islam they want to show that islam is not really all that bad and in that what will they do they will misinterpret the verses of the quran for example recently we learned about the verse in which the disciplining of the women is mentioned that how different ways are to be adopted and finally wadribuhunna and you will see that many contemporary 
scholars, they will say that over here, وَضْرِبُونَ doesn't mean to strike. It means to travel away, to leave the house, to go away. This is how they interpret it. Because they don't want to show that Islam is evil. But when you actually study the verse correctly, when you look at the context, when you keep everything together, then does it not make sense? Yes, we discussed everything in detail. And we learned about when it is allowed, in which situation, and how it is allowed, and to what extent. That we learned about the four wives issue, and people will say things like, oh no, 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 a man can never marry a second wife unless and until he takes permission from the first wife. They just like to add these things to make it look a little better. But who are we to say such things? And we go on contradicting ourselves, contradicting the Qur'an. I remember I watched a video clip once of a woman who was a Muslim and who was clearly saying, oh, there is no hijab in Islam. And the woman was like, well, do you not read the book? And she read out the verse of Surah An-Nur, which clearly mentions the hijab. And she's like, are you not sincere to your own faith? Like, what is this? So this kind of attitude is very pathetic. Allah says, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا نَصِيبًا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ It's amazing. Look at these people. They're contradicting themselves. On the one hand, they have the book. On the other hand, they believe in Jibt and Taghut. It doesn't make sense. And then they say to others, that, oh, you guys are much better than Muslims. You guys are much better than the religion of Islam. They say such things to others. Whereas in reality, they are far from right guidance. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ لَعْنَهُمُ اللَّهِ Such people, Allah has in reality cursed them. Allah has cursed such people. They are far from Allah's mercy. وَمَن يَلْعَنِ اللَّهُ And whoever Allah curses, فَلَن تَجِدَ لَهُ نَصِيرًا Then you'll never ever find for him a helper. You will never find for him someone who can help him. That person is on his own. Nobody can help him. But typically people say such things, contradicting themselves in the deen. Why? To get the help of others. To get the support of others. But how long can you have their support? Perhaps until your last breath? Once you die, then what? You can reject parts of the Qur'an, you can reject the sunnah, you can reject the hadith, but then what? What about the hereafter? Who's going to save you? Who's going to help you? فَلَن تَجِدَ لَهُ نَصِيرًا Now before we move on, remember that superstition, this is something that we're not allowed to believe in. We as Muslims do not believe in superstition. What is superstition by the way? What do you understand superstition as? Something that is invented? Okay. How else do you understand it? A belief that has no reality. It is basically when you believe that a certain event or a certain object, the presence of something, the happening of something will cause good or will cause evil. You understand? A certain event or an object, its presence or its happening, will cause evil or will cause good. Alright? Now, give me examples of superstition because we have to know so that we can avoid it. Yes? They believe that these kind of dolls can hurt people. Okay, what can a doll do? What can a doll do? I mean, you can throw it. You can burn it. You can throw it off the 13th floor, nothing's gonna happen. Yes? That if step on a crack and break your mom's back, what does that mean? That if you step on a crack, then your mom's back will break? 
La ilaha illallah. The poor mother. Yes? Friday the 13th is an unlucky day. Friday the 13th is an unlucky day. This is something very common. I have a very interesting story, but it's a personal story, so I'm not going to share it with you. Should I? Okay. My daughter, she was born on the night of Friday the 13th at 1 o'clock. So the doctor, so the midwives and whoever was there, they were like, oh, thank God it's not on the Friday the 13th. Thank God it was after 12, so it became 14th, Saturday the 14th. They were so grateful. I was like, what are you guys talking about? I almost wished that she was born before 12 o'clock so I could prove to people that, look, I mean, everything's good. Alhamdulillah. Somebody else raise their hand? Yes. Yeah, they will send these emails with a story about an evil murder, an evil case. And like, you have these many seconds. Quickly, press forward, otherwise somebody's going to come and attack you. That in the seerah we learned that when the Prophet ﷺ's son passed away, at that same time was also an eclipse. And the people said that it's because of the death of the son of the Prophet ﷺ. But the Prophet ﷺ completely rejected that, that no, this is an ayah from the ayat of Allah. It doesn't happen because of the death of someone or the birth of someone. Alright? Yes? That two sisters should never get married to two brothers because one will be happy and the other will not be happy at the same date. Or someone wearing black should not come to the wedding. Or someone who is divorced should not come to the wedding. Or someone who is a widow should not come to the wedding. Or someone who doesn't have children should not come close to that bride. This is what? Superstition. How do you know? Yes. Okay, cross back, something to do with the ghost. You guys who go to high school, you know the story. Yes. Yes, exactly. Palmistry, horoscopes, everything is part of Jipt. It's basically saying that because someone is born on a particular day, in a particular month, a particular day of the year, this is the reason why certain things will happen in their life or certain characteristics they will have, right? You say that an event or an object will cause something good or cause something evil. Yes. A black dog, yes, the Prophet ﷺ described it as a shaitan. And shaitan does not mean that he is the devil in the form of dog. But remember that word shaitan is also understood as someone rebellious. So the black dog in its nature is typically more rebellious compared to other dogs. Doesn't mean it's a devil. Yes. Really? Okay, a mirror in which you look at yourself, don't dare break it because for seven years you'll have bad luck. Yes. Oh, when a bride throws her bouquet and the first bridesmaid who catches a flower, she'll get married next? Okay, yes. Okay, it's considered bad luck for the bride to see the groom before the marriage. I mean, what kind of uh, things people have invented? Right? Yes. Okay, they say that when a woman is pregnant, then she should be around people who are very beautiful. Yes. Why? Because that child in the womb is going to take effect, is going to take reflection of the people who are around. You know, people said that to me. Honestly, people said that to me, that, you know, make sure that you're around very beautiful people because then your baby will be very beautiful. And if you're around ugly people, I mean, who are you to say someone is beautiful or ugly? Everyone is beautiful. So this is superstition. Remember, that all evil, all good comes from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
If he decides for something good to happen, it will happen. And if he decides for something evil to happen, it will happen. So ultimately, Allah is the one who decides. So we should fear him and we should ask him. When a person believes in superstition, then what happens? He becomes very weak. Then he becomes afraid of a cat, he becomes afraid of people who are around him, and he becomes afraid of a glass breaking and a toilet flushing and a number. So anyway, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, الْعِيَافَةُ وَالطِّيَرَةُ وَالطَّرْقُ مِنَ الْجِبْتِ عِيَافَةَ طَرْقُ and طِيَرَةَ All are jibt. What is riyafa? Riyafa is a German fate from the name or sound or the direction of the flight of a creature. The name of a creature, the sound of a creature, that the crow is cawing and the cat is meowing and the dog is barking and the donkey is whatevering. Okay? And because of that, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen now. Okay? Or because the bird flew in a particular direction. Okay? Tark. Tark is to throw rocks to determine fate. So for example, people toss coins. Good luck or bad luck. If it's this side, then it's good luck. If it's that side, it's bad luck. Okay? Tiyara, tiyara, bad omen, like black cat number 13, broken glass, whatever. So all of this is what? Jipped and it is all forbidden. Remember that it is all forbidden. Palmistry, the lines of your hand are of a particular way, then because this such and such will happen. Alright? Or horoscopes, this is also jipped. And we stay away from all of this. Stay away from it. If you want something to happen, please ask Allah. If you don't want something to happen, please ask Allah to save you. Really? I mean, going to people who can read your hand and who can tell you the future, or having a parrot tell you, or I mean, this doesn't make sense. Who made you? Who has power over you? Who has power over everything? Allah. Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayta wa la mu'tiya lima man'ata wa la yanfa'u dal jaddi min kal jadd. That we watch all of this on television, on you know, in movies and stuff, and then we actually start believing in it. So stay away from such things as well. Allah says, أَمْ لَهُمْ نَصِيبٌ مِنَ الْمُلْكِ Or do they have a share of the dominion? Nasib, portion مِنَ الْمُلْكِ The dominion. What does mulk refer to? The mulk of Allah. The heavens and the earth and everything that Allah owns. Basically everything that exists. So these people who are jealous, because basically if you think about it, what was a problem that the Bani Israel had with the Prophet ﷺ, with the Muslims? It all boils down to what? Jealousy. They were jealous that he was an Arab and he was chosen as a prophet. They wanted that the prophet should be from among them. They couldn't accept that an Arab would be a prophet. And because of this reason, they rejected him. They refused to accept even though everything made complete sense. And this is the reason why they went, made friends with the mushrikeen to harm the Muslims together. So their problem was jealousy. Allah says, do they have a share of dominion? Meaning, do they have any share over the mulk of Allah? Do they own the earth? Do they own the sky? Do they own the moon? Do they own the sun or something? Because of which they think of themselves as very great. Because jealousy is a result of what? Thinking very highly of yourself. Thinking that I am the best and I deserve the best and nobody's as good as I am. And everything good should be with me and nobody else should have anything good but me. If there is beauty, I should have it. If there is money, I should have it. If there is a degree, I should have it. If it's a beautiful way of talking, I should have it. Anybody else? No. Nobody should have it. And then people cannot even tolerate that somebody is wearing the same dress as them. 
Right? And they will start fighting with them. They become so jealous that why do they have the same thing as me? Why do they have this that I have? They should not have it. Allah says, why are they jealous? أَمْ لَهُمْ نَصِيبٌ مِنَ الْمُلْكِ What do they think of themselves? فَإِذَا لَا يُؤْتُونَ النَّاسَ نَقِيرًا If they really possessed it, if they really own something of the dominion of Allah, then these people would not give to the people even as much as a naqir. What is naqir? It's from noon qafra. And naqara is to dig. And naqir is a small dot on the date seed. Again, the date seed. Hmm? First, we learned about fatil. Fatil is a thread. Now, over here, what is mentioned? Naqir. And naqir is a small dot which you cannot see in this picture unfortunately because it's so small that you see on a date seed. Can you please turn the light off so that it's more clear? Yeah. You see that dot? You probably thought it was something abnormal with the seed. Okay, but it's actually there in the seed. Now next time that you're having a date, please, I wish I had as many dates as the people are here. And I would have given you dates and I would have asked you to open it and see the naqir. It's a small dot literally on the date seed. Perhaps in your groups tomorrow, you can bring a few and share with your friends as well. Okay, can you all do that? In groups, please, bring some dates and open up and eat them and also see what's inside. So look at the naqeer and look at the fatil. Allah says they would not give to people even as much as a naqeer. They would be this stingy. They would be so miserly. Because someone who has jealousy, in reality he is arrogant and in reality he is also very selfish. And he doesn't want to give anything to people. Because if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, he was an Arab, but he was the first Prophet from amongst the Arabs. Bani Israel had so many messengers from among them. But they couldn't even tolerate one Arab Prophet. No way. They couldn't even tolerate that. Allah says, أَمْ يَحْسُدُونَ nasa." Now Allah says it very directly. Or are they jealous of people? Over what Allah has given them of His bounty? If Allah has chosen a messenger, then it's Allah's blessing upon him. It's Allah's decision. So are they jealous? Are these people envious? That Allah has chosen an individual as a messenger? Allah has given him a blessing? If that's the case, then فَقَدْ آتَيْنَا then in fact we gave Allah Ibrahim, the family of Ibrahim, Al-Kitab, the book, Wal-Hikmah, and the wisdom. Meaning that this is not the first time that the descendants of Ibrahim have been granted prophethood, have been granted a book. Because remember, from the descendants of Ibrahim were who? Bani Israel and Bani Ismail. Bani Israel, many books were sent. And Hikmah, Hikmah gives meaning of prophethood over here. That many were made prophets from among the Bani Israel. Allah has done this numerous times before. So what's the problem? Muhammad ﷺ is also a descendant of Ibrahim. And we gave them a great dominion, a great kingdom. Look at the kingdom of Sulaiman ﷺ, of Dawood ﷺ. What great kingdoms! Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave so many blessings. Now, what do we see here? That when a person becomes jealous, then you know what happens? He doesn't even see the blessings that Allah has given him. The Yahud were so jealous of the fact that Muhammad ﷺ had been made a prophet, that they forgot about all the prophets that had come from their lineage. From the Bani Israel. Does it happen with us? 
that you just don't like the fact that your sister has a nice blue hijab and you forget all the three blue hijabs that you have. You just can't tolerate that she has that nice new one and you forget everything that you have. Little children have this problem. That if a child sees a slice of pizza and there is a piece of you know, some vegetable or some pepperoni or something that he wants, that she wants, he will forget the two slices that are on his plate and he wants the one that his sister has. No, I want that one. I want that one. The cups are the same. No, I want the orange one. I don't care if my blue cup is full and if it has chocolate milk. No, I want that orange cup that my sister has, even if it's empty. I don't care. I want that one. Hasad blinds you. It blinds you. It doesn't let you see what you have. It doesn't let you be grateful. It doesn't let you be appreciative. And basically, hasad is what? Ingratitude. And this is the reason why hasad is what? A major sin. It's forbidden. It is haram. We're not allowed to be envious. It is something that is not allowed. What is hasad by the way? Hasad is that you dislike that someone has a blessing and you want them to lose that blessing. You don't like the fact that someone has a blessing, you want them to lose it. You want it for yourself. You don't want the other person to be better than you. But the fact is that Allah is generous. He gives to so many. He gives so much to so many. How much can you take? How much can you eat? How much can you consume? How much can you have? There is a limit to what you can enjoy in this dunya. This is why this dunya is dunya. Jannah is jannah because over there there is no limit. So Allah has given so much to people. How much can you have? It's like you said, nobody eat. No, no, all this pizza is for me. How much can you eat? How much can you? How much can you stuff yourself with? Really? So hasad is something that is very harmful. It is ingratitude. It is something that is very lowly. And it's a major sin. The Prophet ﷺ said, Do not hate one another, nor envy one another, nor shun one another. O slaves of Allah, be brothers. In another hadith we learn, Beware of envy, because it consumes good deeds just as fire consumes wood. Barbecue season. Wood is consumed by fire very quickly. Just like that, your hard-earned good deeds are finished because of hasad, because of jealousy. Because of being unhappy with the decision of Allah. And there is no benefit in hasad. If you think, if you analyze, hasad is what? That you don't like the decision that Allah has made. You have a problem with Allah's decision. Isn't it? And if a person has a problem with Allah's decision, then what can he do? Where can he go? What's going to happen? Only he's going to suffer, right? If you count your blessings, if you remember your blessings, then you're humble and grateful. And when you're humble, then you can tolerate that yes, other people have also been given something by Allah. So look at the blessings that Allah has given you. This is the cure. And when a person has hasad, then you know what? He is in misery. When you're jealous of someone, then who's suffering? You are suffering. The other person has no idea. Isn't it? They have no idea at all that you are so jealous of their outfit. They're having a good time. And there you are, constantly thinking, oh my God, she has this outfit. Why did she, why did she, why? You're suffering. You can't be happy. The jealous person is an unhappy person. 
unhappy person, ungrateful person. And it leads to many other evils because if there is jealousy in the heart, it's going to show through words. It's going to show through your attitude. It's going to show through your actions. And it only leaves a person in hasra, in that desire of more and that feeling of regret and that feeling of, you know, that self-pity. A person is always suffering from that. He can never be happy. So what's the solution then? What's the cure? Look at the blessings that you have been given and make dua to Allah to clean your heart. We learned earlier, بَلِلَّهُ يُزَكِّ مَنْ Ask Allah to clean your heart, to rid your heart of jealousy, to help you overcome that. And also, one more thing that you can do is, fast the three white days. What are the three white days? When the moon is full. Okay, in the lunar month. Which dates are they? In the middle of the month, right? So, fasting these three days, in a hadith we learn that it removes the the rancor from the heart, the ill feelings that a person has against others. Jealousy is what? Like you have ill feelings against other people, right? It's very similar. It's of the same nature, or it's connected to it. It's either a result of it, or it will lead to it. So fasting will actually help you. It will. It will clean your heart. It will help you control yourself. It will make you more grateful. It will make you focus on other things. Because when we are jealous, you know why we're jealous? Because we're looking at little, little things in life. Oh, this hijab, oh, this pin, oh, this pen, or this cup, or this color. It's little, little things. And it doesn't make a difference whether you drink in an orange cup or a blue cup. Does it make a difference? Doesn't make a difference. But you're just jealous because someone has an orange cup. I mean, what a petty thing, what a little thing it is. But it will lead you to hasad. Right? It will put you in misery. So you need to have a higher goal basically. You need to have a higher goal. Like they say, you need to grow up. Isn't it? You need to grow up. You need to focus on more important things in life. So when your focus becomes something else, then the hasad also goes away. Then you're not jealous if somebody's driving a nicer car, or if somebody has a better pair of glasses, or if somebody got more marks than you. No. You have another focus in life then. فَمِنْهُمْ So from them. مَنْ آمَنَ بِهِ Is one who believed in it. In what? In the book that Allah revealed. Meaning from among the people of the book are some who overcame that jealousy, their ego, and they accepted the Prophet Muhammad Some believed in him. وَمِنْهُمْ And from them. مَنْ صَدَّ عَنْهُ Is one who was, who? Stayed away from it. صَدَّ To stop. So they stopped from it. They stopped from him. They didn't believe in him. Meaning their jealousy prevented them. وَكَفَى بِجَهَنَّمَ سَعِيرًا And someone who does not overcome this jealousy in this life, then what will happen? Then sufficient is hellfire as a blaze. The fire of jealousy belongs in the fire of hell. If a person does not overcome it now, it will lead him to the fire of hell. Remember, no person is born pure of heart. Allah says in the Qur'an, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah has put in your heart good as well as bad. You have the potential to do good, you also have the potential to do bad. You have been born neutral. You can go this way, you can go that way. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا The one who purifies the nafs, then he has succeeded. 
You have the potential to be jealous. You have to overcome that jealousy. Once you overcome it, you are successful. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ And the one who doesn't purify the soul, he's ruined, he's destroyed. So this jealousy is also a test. We have to overcome it. And when we overcome it, then we are successful. If we don't overcome it, then this is something very dangerous. وَكَفَى بِجَهَنَّمَ سَعِيرًا Sufficient is hellfire as a blaze. Allah warns, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِنَا Don't think that disbelief is something small. This jealousy is a cause. It's leading to disbelief. Those who disbelieve the ayat of Allah, سَوْفَ نُسْلِيهِمْ نَارًا Very soon we shall burn them in the fire. How much? How will they be punished? Kullama every time juludhum, every time their skins are roasted through, badalnahum juludan We will replace their skins with other skins. Julud is a plural of jild, jim lam dal, and jild is your skin. You know this beautiful skin you have? This is what jild is. Nadijat is from noon dad jim, and nadj is basically when something becomes ripe. So for example, a fruit becomes ripe. When it becomes ripe, it has become soft. Meat becomes tender. When does it become tender? When it has cooked through. When it's fork tender, it's cooked through. You can just break it apart very easily. You can chew it very easily. This is what nudge is. Nadijat juluduhum. What does it mean? That when the fire has completely burned their skins, thoroughly, such that the skins have become roasted, like literally disintegrating, falling apart, then is it going to stop there? Is it going to end there? It's not going to end there. If a person gets burnt in this life, eventually what happens? He dies, right? If the burning does not stop, eventually it will lead to death. Eventually there is a stop, there is an end to the pain in this life. But in the hellfire, there is no end. There is no end. Every time the skins are burnt through, Allah says, we will replace them. We will replace them with other skins. Their skins will be restored, will be put back. They will be given a fresh set of skin. Why? So that they taste the punishment. They experience the punishment. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا Indeed, Allah is ever mighty and wise. He is mighty. So fear Him. Fear Him. We are so afraid of human beings. We are so afraid of human beings that we immediately fix ourselves. We do something that we find so difficult even. Why? Out of the fear of human beings. There are people who hate to wear seat belts, but they will put them on. Why? Because of the fear of police officers. The fear of people makes us do that which we dislike. But the fear of Allah should make us overcome that which is difficult. Jealousy. You may belittle it. You may think it's not a problem. What's the big deal? Envy, grudges in the heart. We may think, oh, what's the big deal? Allah will clean, Allah will forgive me. You know, I pray, I do this, I do that. Allah will forgive me. But this is something serious. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا He's hakim, he's wise. So don't have any objection to this punishment because he knows what he's doing. 
If he has made this decision, it's based on his wisdom. Jealousy. When it comes to matters of dunya, look at people who are lesser than you so that you're grateful. When it comes to matters of deen, look at people who are higher than you so that you can go farther. You can go higher. Don't compare yourself with people who are less than you in piety. Because when a person belittles the deen, when a person does not give due importance to it, when a person does not adopt it the way it should be adopted, then the consequences are very, very serious. Imagine, jealousy led people to disbelief. And disbelief is not something small. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِنَا سَوْفَ نُسْلِيهِمْ نَارًا Look at the word. سَوْفَ نُسْلِيهِمْ نَارًا Very soon we're gonna burn them in the fire. كُلَّمَا نَضِجَتْ جُلُودُهُمْ بَدَّلْنَاهُمْ جُلُودًا غَيْرَهَا Every time their skins are roasted through, burned through, falling apart, we're gonna replace them with another set of skins. لِيَذُوقُ الْعَذَابِ So they taste the punishment. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا You cannot escape. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا On the other hand, those who believe, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they do righteous deeds. سَنُدُخِلُهُمْ جَنَّاتِ We will admit them into gardens. تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Underneath which rivers flow. You have to experience the garden in this world before you can enter the garden of the hereafter. What do I mean by that? When a person overcomes jealousy, when a person cleans his heart, when a person you know, makes his heart spacious, that he can accommodate others, he can tolerate others, then he experiences such happiness and comfort and joy, only then he can enter the jannah of the hereafter. You have to overcome the evil now so that you can get there later. Because if you get to Jannah with an evil heart, I'm sorry, people will not be allowed to enter Jannah with bad hearts, with corrupted hearts. So the person who frees himself of jealousy, he's really enjoying freedom. It's as though he's in a garden. He is enjoying himself. He is happy. So in the hereafter, سَنُدُخِلُهُمْ جَنَّاتِ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Abiding therein eternally. لَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٍ مُطَّهَّرًا And for them, there are spouses that are clean as well. They will have partners who are clean. Clean people deserve clean friends, clean partners. And what does it mean by clean partners? Clean spouses, clean in the both ways, physical as well as in the spiritual sense, in the emotional sense, in the mental sense, psychological sense, that their hearts will be free of envy. Their hearts will be free of grudges and jealousy. You know, if you have a friend, or if there's a co-worker, someone who lives with you, your sibling, your spouse even, your parents even, your children even, if they don't forget the past, meaning if they don't forget what you did, what you said in the past, then life becomes very miserable with them. Because it will keep reminding you, well, this is what you say. Well, this is what you do. Well, this is what you always do. Life becomes miserable. So for such clean people, لَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ وَنُدْخِلُهُمْ ظِلًّا ظَلِيلًا And we will admit them into a deepening shade. ظِل Shade, ظليل ظليل is that which gives ظل ظالام لام ظليل is that which gives ظل So we will Enter them into a shade that gives shade. What does it mean by this? Into a shade that is very comfortable, that is complete, that is deep, 
that is cool. Because if you are sitting in shade, but still it's very humid, or still you end up in sunlight, or you end up getting hot, then that shade is not comfortable. Isn't it? It's not comforting. It's not good. You don't enjoy yourself over there. So, ظِلًا ظَلِيلًا Shade giving, ever shading. And this is telling us about the perfection of the beauty of Jannah and how a person will feel completely satisfied and completely content and completely relaxed in Jannah. But you cannot relax there unless and until you relax your heart now. You have to calm down now. You have to forgive now. She said she read somewhere that somebody had written that I forgive and I let go of a prisoner and I realized that that prisoner was me. I had imprisoned myself when I did not forgive someone. Because who was I harming? Myself. When I forgave someone, I actually freed myself. وَنُدْخِلُهُمْ ظِلًّا ظَلِيلًا The ظِل of Jannah is ever shading, ever comforting. So vast that the Prophet ﷺ said, in paradise there is a tree under the shadow of which a rider of a fine and swift-footed horse would travel for a hundred years without covering the distance completely. So vast, so huge, so spacious is Jannah. You make your heart spacious now and Allah will provide you space later. It may be difficult. You may feel claustrophobic. You may feel people are in your face, putting their nose in your business all the time. But be accommodative, be tolerant, be forgiving and be patient. And Allah will give you all the space that you need. Let's listen to the recitation. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا نَصِيبًا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاغُوتِ وَيَقُولُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا هَؤُلَاءِ أَهْدَى مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا سَبِيلًا أولئك الذين لعنهم الله ومن يلعن الله فلن تجد له نصيرا أم لهم نصيب من الملك فإذا لا يؤتون الناس نقيرا أم يحسدون الناس على ما آتاهم الله من فضله فقد آتينا آل إبراهيم الكتاب والحكمة وآتيناهم ملكا عظيما فمنهم من آمن به ومنهم من صد عنه وَكَفَى بِجَهَنَّمَ سَعِيرًا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِنَا سَوْفَ نُصْلِيهِمْ نَارًا سَوْفَ نُصْلِيهِمْ نَارًا كُلَّمَا نَضِجَتْ جُلُودُهُمْ بَدَّلْنَاهُمْ جُلُودًا غَيْرَهَا لِيَذُوقُوا الْعَذَابَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَزِيزًا حَكِيمًا 
ظلا 